Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, everyone. This is the outlaw John Roca here from the Outlaw Nation Podcast Network. Well, if you like any one of the shows that you hear the audio for here on the Outlaw Nation Podcast Network and you want to make your own, well, let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free, which is great. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty awesome. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's right. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's how it worked for me. It'll work for you. everyone welcome to the second official episode of the jedi way i am one of your hosts john roca sometimes known as roca fed i've seen that out there in the universe before uh joined as always uh straight from chicago over there the lovely laura kelly how are you laura i'm doing amazing i love the chicago accent thanks for putting that little spin on it we appreciate that thing here <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're being sarcastic i appreciate it no uh, i you really got, do <laughs> you've got a whole new setup it's pretty awesome what have you got I going do. on there yeah welcome to my new stage setup it's it's a work in progress that i just hung up roughly 20 minutes ago if it falls i won't be surprised in the least i will be alarmed <laughs> though so I'll, I'll jump when it happens it's inevitable but yeah what this is, is my new setup what is it? Well, can you take a peek of the viewers through what you've got there and listeners okay. just pay attention? So I've got I've got a handful of books here. I've got a good mm-hmm. selection of my my reference books from studying. I've got the art of Star Wars Rebels. I have the new Thrawn, uh, the new the newest book in the new Thrawn trilogy, which oh, yeah. is uh, Chaos Rising. So that's exciting. Nice. It's right on top here so that I know remind myself I need to actually read it. Right. Um, and I am looking forward to it. It's just there's a lot of books out right now. Uh, I got my my ZZ plant. That's Zori. She's new. she'll she'll probably die but she's she's looking really good right now because she's new and then (laughs) i've just got uh various artwork that i've uh star wars artwork that i've i've uh you know accumulated throughout the years so i i like the little the sort of more subtle minimalist style so i know i've got these fun things over here and yeah it's it'll be a it'll be a work in progress it might shift you never know I think this is our minds. Is the minds all a mess back here? Yours is like very perfectly aligned and perfectly all put together as as it should be. I think. Now, do do you say at at or do you say at at? What is your? 
You know, I think I, I, tend to, I tend to lean towards ATAT just because I have to know so many vehicles in Star Wars and there are right. so many variations of that. So yeah. I, I tend to probably lean that way. But I, I've been known to say both. I can go both ways on that one. What about you? Do you have a preference? At, at, it's what I grew up with. It's what we okay. said as kids. I, I The ATAT was something new I discovered as I got into this world of Star Wars punditry. I had no idea that people said ATAT. So it's a big, uh, <laughs> so I always kind of ask people what they prefer, what they feel more comfortable with some people are very adamant that it's atat and other people are adamant that it's at at so uh, i like to uh, find out who i'm dealing with when we have these kinds of conversations as they come up um but thanks to all of you who watched our debut ep- episode over three thousand views on that one pretty fantastic so many comments uh, so many positive comments as well about how we're doing this show and for those of you who might be trying us out for the first time laura and i basically had a really fun conversation talking about what we wanted to do with this show i had come up with the name jedi way but i knew i needed a co-host to be able to have a conversation i'm just better uh with uh, co-hosts to be able to have conversations about topics and this show is not a this is what's happening this week in star wars this is a show where we tackle a concept a theory um a character a debate an idea in the uh, star wars franchise or in the star wars universe actually and we discuss it and give our points of views and maybe pull out some samples from the movies or animated tv shows or the books or the comic books and have conversations about them and uh, last week uh what did we tackle last week do you remember laura no, I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So, no, it, was a, it was a lot of talk. It was a little bit of an intro for both of us, which is yes. sort of fun of where we're kind of coming at the universe mm-hmm. um, in Star Wars and things that we really enjoy in it. Um, and then... Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to remind me of the rest of it because yeah, yeah, I, I think, honestly I, don't know. <laughs> I think it was basically it as we talked about how we came, became Star Wars fans, what still inspires us about the franchise, what inspired us at uh, sorry at first about the franchise, and then what brought us back or what keeps bringing us back uh, to uh, be involved in the franchise or to keep uh, seeing what's coming from the franchise. So we talked about all of that last week. It's about a 45, 50 minute conversation. Trust me, it's a really good one. If you haven't watched it yet and you're stumbling upon us for the first time, I would definitely recommend you going back and listening to us talk about that um but uh this week uh, we are addressing something new that we had talked about laura suggested it she said what about hope the idea of hope in a galaxy at war and uh this seems very topical for a number of reasons certainly things seem to be kind of hairy nowadays in our country and in our world uh and of course star wars is a great great reflection of what's happening in our world certainly it was a, a it was created to kind of get us back into a positive feeling about this country after what happened with vietnam that's what the new hope did and then 80 and 82 kind of bringing us uh, uh empire strikes back and, and jedi kind of bringing us into the 80s with this joy and fun uh and what have you so and then 90s uh, we got into the or 90s and the 2000s we got into the um into uh, the prequel trilogy talking about trade federations and this idea of being a global economy and all of that so there's always been reflective of what's happening in our world and we thought this would be a uh, an interesting concept that would lead to some interesting discussion between the two of us this idea of hope in a galaxy at war right laura very much so i very much enjoy this theme i think it's one of those things that you know hope is present through each and every single one of the star wars films mm. each and every single one of them ends on a note of hope no matter how dark they get and the yeah. you know the second chapter of each trilogy oftentimes does get a little bit dark but it always ends on that note of hope it's a common theme that is strung throughout the entire saga so i'm mm. excited to talk about it 
Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get into it. And for those of you who are watching along with us, please, please feel free to leave a comments below, comment below as you watch us talk about it. Maybe you'll uh, pull out some samples of your own. Maybe you'll have some ideas about hope and, and how uh, it plays into the importance of appreciating and understanding uh, the points of views of the filmmakers and the creators of Star Wars when they tackle each of these movies uh, that would be fun or animated series or comic book or book uh, what they're tackling uh, there. Uh, all right, Laura, where, where would you like to start? So there's a lot of places that we can kind of talk about, you know, examples of hope in the star Wars saga and in mm -hmm. animation, et cetera. Um, but one of the things that I think is really meaningful and is really fun to kind of jump in as a starting point would be like the small acts of hope mm. and small acts of kindness and things that we see, um, as an example throughout throughout the saga. So one of my favorite things, um, one of the things that I always think about, and I talked about how Star Wars Rebels is one of my favorite components of, of Star Wars storytelling, um, is, you know, the very first time that we meet the ghost crew in mm. Star Wars Rebels, they're, we kind of are introduced to them as like, they're sort of this Robin Hood component to it. They're stealing from the Empire. They're giving to the, you know, to the poor. They, they yeah. literally like steal... I think like a carton of food and and these crates of weapons and they bring them to a starving village on another planet. Yeah. Um, and then they sell the weapons to an arms dealer who then gives them intelligence um, for basically their next mission where they can go do more good. Yeah. Um, so I, I love examples of that. You know, that was a really great way to, to actually meet the ghost crew in episode one of star Wars rebels. Um, another great example is in alphabet squadron. One of the pilots meets Jin Erso in like a sort of flashback in that novel yeah. Um, and basically we get this little insight as to another way that Jenner. So, you know, she kind of presents herself as this hardened criminal that's mm. pretty agnostic as to what's going on and around the galaxy. But, you know, yeah. she's she has these little moments in her past where she's kind of been this little vigilante going around doing these little good deeds <laughs> and then kind of not really asking for anything in return, just kind of going back, you know, to going back to her business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, th I think we see it with Empress Nest as well when Solo uh, does what he does at the end of the movie, right? And uh, gets the arms for them to kind of help the rebellion uh, and giving them even more hope. Even someone like a scruffy nerf herder, Han Solo, can give some hope to a rebellion indirectly um as they fight this uh, uh this empire wouldn't you say that's part of uh, wouldn't you say that could qualify in a small way oh 100 percent. and you know and then yeah. we see that evolution of han solo then later yeah. in new hope where he he comes back in and saves the day at the at the end with the battle of the death star right right uh when he yells it uh, uh star wars wiki uh is really interesting he said uh, they talk about hope and they say on the face of it faith and hope uh, seem quite similar, but while faith allows us to trust in the unseen force and have the utmost confidence in the people and causes we believe in, hope is its more ephemeral, still intangible, but unfailingly optimistic cousin. Often intertwined in the raging galactic war, hope is the spark that ignites the fire while faith in the cause sustains it and i think that's what's important to think about too is how much how much power there is in the word hope in star wars right we have leia you know obi-wan you're only you're my only hope or your only hope 
that moment, you know, is the first time Luke has an understanding that there's a wider world beyond the world he's grown up in and where that leads to, you know, and Luke becomes the hope of so much uh, in the original trilogy, so much of what's happening. Anakin being the hope that will balance the universe, Ray being the hope that will carry on the legacy of the Jedi. So what you say is absolutely correct, Laura, the idea that hope ends every one of these installments because the entire premise of Star Wars was built on the idea of hope, you know, from the first line to the last line of all these films. Certainly hope has been an integral part of it and necessary part of it, because I think we all and that's what makes the, the franchise so universal. We all want to achieve or aspire to do something in our world. It could be a very small thing. Hey, I just want to be the manager or I just want to, you know, be able to support my family or I want to live in a decent place or I want to be able to succeed and have my name in the lights. All there all different levels of the things that you want to achieve in life, but you hope to have the opportunity, right? And you believe in yourself to find that opportunity in the world and certainly throughout and sometimes hope is thrust upon you, the mantle of hope. Uh, and certainly Luke, when he discovers who he's supposed to be and who his dad is, then the idea of hope becomes a very powerful thing because he realizes he is a symbol to uh, bring hope back to the universe by redeeming his father. I love that example of Luke sort of being the, you know, this big beacon of hope. Cause I always mm. think of Leia really as, as more of that mm. in the original okay. trilogy, especially, you know, she's, she's literally like this beacon of hope. She's dressed in all white, you know, she's got her little, you know, the message where she's actually glowing and, you know, telling, <laughs> telling Obi-Wan that she's, that he's the only hope. And I, I, so I always kind of think of her that way. And, you know, Luke's this Luke kind of really starts off as this kid of like, you know, I can't go on this adventure to Alderaan. I need to go home and get, I need to get home for dinner. Like I've, I've got, I've got stuff I have to do here. Um, yeah. But I also love, you know, that he has those aspirations to, to fly among the stars. Um, and, you know, Anakin had that too. in mm. in the aspect of, of, you know, that the greatness sort of being thrust upon you, I think is really apparent in yeah. characters like Padme Amidala, who was obviously, you know, went into an election willingly, mm -hmm. you know, to become queen, but probably didn't expect, you know, to pretty much be the onset of what ended up being a full-blown war yeah, by the end of yeah. the prequels. Um, so I, I like to think of, you know, I think of her as that, as that sort of symbol too, of, you know, one of those things where this great adventure was thrust upon you and you can either take up the beacon or you can give up. And she very much was the symbol of hope for many throughout the galaxy and, you know, especially on her planet. That's an excellent point you bring up the correlation between Padme and, and Amidala. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 yeah. Padme and uh, Leia, the, their connection, both wearing white, obviously, obviously that was done in retrospect, you know, uh, uh, and the connection they have and the symbol they are for their people and the people of the rebellion. You know, Leia is the one that never quits. Leia is the one that's always on the front lines, always bringing it back. She doesn't hide out in Octu, being unable to be part of it because she messed up Ben Solo. Even ben, though Ben Solo is her child, she still understands that she must be this beacon of hope, this symbol of hope for the rebellion, no matter if they're fighting the Empire or the First Order. That's an excellent, excellent point. And she has to do that because she carries the weight uh, of her station as a princess, um, even though she wasn't necessarily born into royalty, she was adopted into royalty. And so she feels a bigger picture approach to it all and understands that you have to, you will sometimes take losses 
uh, coupled with your victories. And it's those victories that give you that little bit of extra hope. Uh, what does uh, Poe say? Is that what the uh, hope is that spark uh, that will light the fire that will burn down the first order? You know, even Haldo uh, or Hondo, yeah, Haldo eventually uh, uh, kind of sees Poe Dameron's point of view in this as well. And she talks about the power of hope um, when they're all on when they're all on that destroyer before they take off on the ship on the little mini ship. So. That is always that's always pre prevalent as well. I mean, you make an excellent point with that, Madala and, and Leia. I hadn't thought of it that way, so color me taken aback. All right, Laura. All right, you win this round, Laura. You win this round. <laughs> it's unlike me to actually bring Padme Amidala up in a sort of uh, a more of a light. She was never really one of my like favorite characters. And oh, I okay. It's, yeah, it's one of those things where you know so many people I think really idolize her. She was this great strong character, but right. for me personally, she was always like just never as big as I wanted her to be. And mm -hmm. just, you know, she was always just so much more subtle, which really right. worked for her and was really part of her character. But, you know, when I was first watching these movies, I didn't really get that. And I think right. sort of reading some of the, you know, the ancillary material, like things like Queen's Shadow and Queen's Peril, and even the second book in the New Thrawn trilogy really opened my eyes to yeah. all of the things that Padme really was and all the things that she meant to, mm -hmm. you know, not just like the galaxy in universe, but also the fans as a whole and the fandom as a whole. Right. And we talk about hope in a time of war and the importance of that. Right. And you, you look at if we take it into real world situations, certainly that you can go and study the uh, the, um, uh, the situation in Dunkirk, what happened in Dunkirk and how these boats, these civilian boats went over and saved these soldiers from what could have been certain death uh, at the hands of uh, the Germans or the Nazis there. All of that is is these these small acts of hope that you spoke about uh, a few minutes ago. It's those kinds of things that you find in the middle of war. It's the unlikely heroes, the unlikely moments, the unpredictable things that can happen that inspire people uh, to do these things that are selfless and beyond themselves in order to make even just the slightest bit of difference or shift the scale, just that extra bit that uh, helps the their side win in a situation like this. But you have to hope, you have to believe that it's possible. You have to hope that you can put this thing together and get it right. And so that that is always something that keeps you going through time. And how many people? I mean, I, how many people suffer through war torn areas, Laura, in our world? You know uh, what happened with Yugoslavia? What happens in the Middle East? People, you know, have to uh, come to terms with the the situation that they're growing up in and hope for better, hope for peace, hope for resolution, hope for just to get through the day, you know, and survive the day. Those things are so important. Even uh, what Andy Dufresne says that in uh, Shawshank Redemption, hope is one of the most dangerous things uh, you can have in life because it can uh, make you feel like you're trapped if you can't find your way out of something. But, you know, but also hope is the thing that can inspire you to, to go beyond the walls, you know, and that, that's important too. <laughs> I love you bringing up that idea of, um, of the quote about hope is from Shawshank is not something I've mm. heard before because I haven't seen that movie because what? I suck. Oh my lord. Okay, but there is an interesting moment in the Hunger yeah. Games, hear me out, where President <laughs> Snow brings up that same that same point it. where you cannot, you know, he's the ultimate villain in that story and you yeah. he makes the point that you cannot kill hope in this mm -hmm. world we have to make sure that the districts and the people and the you know the poorest people in this country still have hope they still yeah. have to have something to reach for um because when they don't that's when things get really bad 
Um, So, you know, it's a common thread throughout storytelling. But you you mentioned, you know, acts of selflessness in Star Wars. And I I, I think we can we can dive into that, too. Um, And, you know, one of my favorite acts of self and you can talk about sacrifice being probably the ultimate act of selflessness. Um, And there are tons of examples of that in Star Wars. But I think when it comes to, to acts of selflessness, that ultimately don't end in, in a sacrifice. I, the first thing I think of is Luke Skywalker and return of the Jedi. You know, at at that point we get to that, we get to that point in that movie or even just the beginning of the movie where we find out like Luke's dressed in all black and he's this all powerful, almighty Jedi. And he looks like a badass and he's all grown up. Um, And, you know, even in the end, despite all that power and all that knowledge he has now, that he throws his weapon aside and he has, you know, he still chooses to be selfless and he still chooses to love this father and save him, even though Vader really did not ever earn that by any chance, you know, by any sense of the word, I don't think up to that point. No, it's a great point you bring up because our natural inclination when we see good versus evil in the fight is to cheer for good to destroy evil or defeat evil what luke does and i think it's brilliant uh, by lucas and everybody involved with jedi is they go the absolute they zig when you expect them to zag luke throwing away the weapon luke choosing love over fear love over hate love over uh anger violence he chooses love at his at could what could possibly be his own expense and the emperor understands after he's done with all his histrionics the emperor understands how dangerous this concept really is that luke is presenting this idea of hope there's nothing a dictator or wannabe dictator hates more than the idea of having a populace or a public that believes in hope because they can't be controlled if they believe in hope they fight back hope is what gives them the inspiration to fight back in an interesting and different ways and luke in that moment throwing away the the lightsaber putting him at the mercy of his father and the mercy of Emperor Palpatine in that moment is such a selfless act, as you said, but also is the ultimate um, belief in what he is doing is right. And he is willing to die for it uh, to, to prove his point uh, and get through to his father, which he eventually does. Yeah. And I think about how that eventually evolved um, in, in how that story sort of mm. continued to apply in The Last Jedi. Um, I mean, that was obviously ended a different ending where Luke yeah. ended up, you know, sacrificing himself as in this last stitch effort to yeah, try and, and connect with his nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, or really, you know, maybe at that point, it wasn't even really about connecting with, with Kylo Ren. It was really more about, you know, buying time to save the resistance. Right. Um, and, you know, being there in in the resistance and in Leia's absolute darkest moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to provide hope, right? He's in there to provide hope at the darkest moment. Brings her the 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 dice from Han, kind of having that connection with her, and then steps out to confront which uh, the lineage uh, of his own family there in Ben Solo. And so it's that moment once again stepping forward to give uh to give uh, them a little bit of time but also to confront this idea of the darkness there and somehow in his own way try to redeem ben uh and bring him close or at least to bring him closer to the possibility of redemption uh and once again he doesn't throw away his saber he's actually not even the saber doesn't even exist in that moment so it's all for show so once again luke chooses not to actually actively fight 
the villain of the piece in that moment as well. It's very, it's a perfect connection you make here, uh, Laura. Once again, choosing the different path than you expect him to choose, but no less badass and no less incredible. Exactly, and I think that you know that that element of darkness that we see in the Last Jedi, you mm. know, it's sort of reflected in I think every second chapter of every trilogy, where you know it you really have to be in the you know the darkest part of the night before you can get to dawn mm. and i think with the last jedi in particular even you know we we talked a lot about leia yeah. and how for the last five movies up to that point she has been the beacon of hope and that it's only at the end of that you know that eighth or that fifth movie i guess and you know in, that we've seen her in that she really reaches her darkest moment and she right. really reaches this point of hopelessness and it's it's so sad and it's so devastating yeah. and i think you know that have letting leia have that very vulnerable very human moment and that human connection with luke hmm. in luke's final moments was so meaningful and it really made i think luke's sacrifice all the more powerful for me it yeah. made the ending of that movie all the more powerful um and you know, it's one of the reasons I love that movie so much. But it's it's a really great moment for Leia, yeah. um, and I'm I'm so glad that we got it in that movie before. Unfortunately, we you know we lost Carrie Fisher after that. Right, right, uh, yeah. And I, you, I, I think I want to take a little bit of a turn here. What about the characters on the dark side? Right, I mean, they have hope, don't they? They have Palpatine hopes to rule the galaxy. Vader hopes to you know uh, rule by his side. Uh, later on, Snoke, aka Palpatine, same thing. Hopes to to, to extinguish uh, uh, the Jedi once and for all. Kylo um, has his hope. Ben Solo, he has his hope of what he wants to uh, reach, which is peace. And uh, we talked about this uh, yesterday in our pre-production meeting. The idea of hope, two hopes battling each other in the throne room in the Last Jedi. Right, Ray wanting, hoping to bring Ben back to the light. Ben hoping to bring Ray into the dark uh, to rule the galaxy uh, in a new way. Yeah. And that, I think that scene in the throne room with, you know, where the two of them finally team up against the Praetorian guards and leading mm. up to that moment, they both had had this vision. Like this other person is going to join me. I'm going to have a buddy on this, on this journey to my ultimate goal. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that was, that was really interesting as someone who I've, I've been a Kylo Ren Ben Solo fan for, for a little while now. I, I really enjoy that character. I think he's really well-rounded. And I think I love thinking about how in that moment in the throne room, when he's holding out his hand for her yeah. and he's, he's telling her to, you know, join me. I wonder at that moment, like when was the last time that that character really felt any sense of, of hope or right. anything good, like, in the last like six years, I think is how long it's been since his sort of fall to the dark side. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about that, that moment of what that must've meant for him and our, as the villain in our story, you know, or as yeah. one of the villains in our story. And, uh, you know, I think about Vader in that moment where he finds out that Luke Skywalker is his son. And he yeah. thinks like, I, there's this force that l exists out there. And if I can find it, and if I can, I can convince it to join me that we can overthrow the emperor and yeah. I can finally rule the galaxy. 
like I like I had originally you know wanted with Padme back at the mm-hmm. at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So right. it's it's really interesting. I think taking a step back and looking at the villain's point of view of of where their hope comes from. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and Snoke's an interesting one since now we just know <laughs> that he was made in chest tube and he was just the emperor all along. I'm not sure what he was ever hoping or aspiring Does for. Does he have emotions at all? I don't know. Did he go know. rogue? Was he existing on his own plane? Was he an right. experiment that got wrong? I don't know. But yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I love kind of taking a look back at, you know, Star Wars does such a great job, I think, with villains and making mm. them these really well-rounded characters. Um, and I, I one of the, the throne room scene is one of those for me that, you know, really takes the cake. Absolutely. I mean, I, Rogue One is also just laced with the idea of hope throughout, you know, I mean, even the last line uh, is what, you know, what did they deliver us? And Leia says, uh, the CGI Leia says hope, you know, and just simply <laughs> just that word, just that one simple word can carry so much weight. But throughout the movie, uh, right, initially, it's uh, Jin resisting this idea of wanting to be a part of this rebellion. Um, but it's once she understands what the rebellion symbolizes and the hope it brings to people, the downtrodden people in the world, she sees a bigger picture than just her trying to, you know, forage or steal or, or manipulate or connive to live through the day into the next day. You know, there's more for her uh, that she's meant for. And when she sees that vision of her dad from the message um, that is brought uh, there in uh, what's-his-face's place, uh, hope grows in her now. This That moment reawakens her hope of uh, reuniting with her father, her hope of, uh, of fighting for something uh, bigger, you know? And uh, that is the journey that she goes on throughout the movie. And at the end, making the ultimate sacrifice as they all do to bring hope to the galaxy. And it's so great when we get characters like that and we get mm. those sorts of stories because those lessons and those stories are really woven throughout, you know, other places in Star Wars storytelling. Mm. And it was it's unfortunate that we only got Jyn or so for that one movie, because you look at a character like Ezra Bridger from Star Wars Rebels, where in his, you know, his first lesson in that show is that you can be more than just a survivor. You can right. do more than just exist and survive in this universe. Um, and, you know, there's so much more that you can offer the galaxy. And here's four more seasons of you learning how to do that. <laughs> um, and, and then also, you know, ultimately making making a, a huge sacrifice and yeah. not necessarily dying, we assume, but disappearing off into God only knows where. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy seeing uh, that as well, you know, but uh, but is, is is Sabine? What is Sabine? Does Sabine symbolize hope? for the Mandalorians, for her people, or is her sister, uh, Bo-Katan, the hope in that situation? Well, they're not sisters, but they're, you know, it's it's the moment where where Sabine is basically handed the Darksaber, and she right. she wins it, and, you know, it's that's basically the symbol of, like, well, now you get to lead the Mandalorians, but she she has, I think, the sense to know that this isn't my place mm-hmm. to stay here with my people. I have my found family and it's my place to be with them. And so she makes that that sacrifice to mm-hmm. to hand over the the dark saber to Bo-Katan who she believes to be the rightful leader, which, you know, I guess has uh, has sort of yet to be seen. We don't know what happened after <laughs> after you know, Bo-Katan got the dark saber and what happened in between that and when Moff Gideon ended up with it in the Mandalorian. Right. So it'd be great to get that story someday, but 
Yeah, I think Sabine is a she's a especially in the those final episodes, she's a she's a huge symbol of hope. And Ezra really hands over the beacon to her yeah. when he makes that ultimate sacrifice and knows that this is the end for him and this is the end for his story with this with this family that mm -hmm. he's he's found and he's established with the ghost crew. And it's he leaves it to Sabine to take up the mantle and to see where that story goes from there. Yeah, you've spoken uh, about Ahsoka Tano, uh, the hope she symbolizes for you. Is there more you can go into about that? Ahsoka, I think, is just one of those characters for me that she's just, I mean, part of it is that she's just so cool. And <laughs> I think a, a big part of that is is what the journey that we got to see her go on and it's really it's i feel so privileged and so many people that you know got her story the full round story from clone wars to rebels so you know it's rare that we get that privilege to get to see the character grow mm -hmm. so much um over that many years and that huge time period it's so great so i think yeah. that's that's really part of it she's just a huge she's a wonderfully like you know round character yeah. all around and that's great but she has you know that that ultimate moment of sacrifice too and in, in season two of rebels where she's battling vader on uh on yeah. Mal malachor i don't know it's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. But that you know, those moments of sacrifice, I think, are really meaningful for me. That's that's one of those things that really inspire me anytime. And you know, they always they bring out all of the feels for for so many <laughs> fans. Um, and season two, the season two finale of Rebels was a was a big one. And mm -hmm. Kane and Jarrus at the end of of season four, that was a big one too. Yeah. Well, you spoke earlier about uh, darkest before the dawn. You talk about uh in uh in the onset of war uh in the prequel trilogy this idea of what's coming here with the attack of the clones and all of that then of course in the original trilogy uh there's this feeling at the end of the second film luke has lost his hand vader is his dad the rebellion is on the run you know and then in the sequel trilogy how a majority of the resistance forces are lost and leia uh is there and luke is dead but still there is possibility there is always hope even in the direst of circumstances and star wars seems to aspire to show you that maybe because we all feel that way don't you think laura maybe we all have that moment where we're like wow, what's the point or how much more can i take or how, what's the god i hate what i'm doing or i hate where my life is at or i just don't like where i'm at right now and it seems like i'm just stuck in this same cycle over and over again star wars seems to make it universal yeah none of us are probably getting our hands or a lot of us are probably not getting our hands cut off or finding out our dad's a you know, a mass murder or anything like that. But uh, the feeling is that feeling of despondency, that feeling that like all hope is almost gone, you know, and they find a way to bring it back. Yeah. And I always think that, you know, especially with Leia from, from everywhere we see her go and all of the things that we see her endure, I always hmm. think like, how in the world has that character not just given up? I mean, it's just, <laughs> she endures so much and she just yeah. has to like keep on. I mean, she like loses her whole planet and then she's comforting Luke on the Millennium Falcon when he loses what three people that are <laughs> meaningful to him. I'm like, she lost like the whole, the whole plan. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, so, I, you know, for Leia, I think that that is where, yeah that plays in a lot but i think when it comes to the second chapter of each trilogy ryan johnson and irvin kershner and in george lucas and in when they had to do the second movie in their trilogy they each had one task that they really had to accomplish in their their respective trilogy they had to test our heroes and they had to let them fail and i think you know they they have to sort of set up the question that alfred once asked bruce wayne which is why do we fall 
so that in movie three we can learn our, learn to pick ourselves back up again. Yeah, yeah, because that's uh, we all we all go through that in life, right? We all go through that moment where we fall, or multiple moments where we fall and have to come back up again, right? I mean, as Indeed. people listening to this, uh, we, we we fell last Friday, and now we have to come back up again in the Schmodown teams tournament and try to get our belts back from your terrible, terrible teammates. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so a symbol of hope for us, you know, um, you've got here in the notes, what I think is fantastic. You said uh, a moment in star Wars that inspired you or inspired hope in you. Is there something there for you? You know, I I've talked about Kane and Jarrus a lot. I'm going to bring them up again because <laughs> I just love that character so much in star Wars rebels. Yeah. Um, and you know, Freddie Prince Jr.'s delivery and in, in acting in that show was just phenomenal for me. And you know, Dave Filoni always delivers, and this was yeah. definitely one of those cases, I think. Um, you know, Kanan Jarrus is this character that has been living on borrowed time since Order 66, and it's you know, he's this Jedi that survived and got away and you know, lived under a pseudonym and then you know had some adventures and had moments of hopelessness and then, you know, meets up and with Aaron. Real, not even a full Jedi. He was a Padawan still in training, Laura. So he wasn't exactly. even a full Jedi. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And had to watch his master, you know, go down at the hands of the clones that he trusted and you know, his, his story is so tragic, but he managed to survive. And then you, you go back and watch season four of star Wars rebels and you can really see that buildup and kind of see the force, like warning him that, the clock is ticking and there's one last thing that you need to accomplish here before you move on to this next thing. And that rewatching that story and watching his story from the beginning for me was so inspirational. And he, he makes that ultimate sacrifice as, you know, these characters that we love often do. And uh, it was, yeah, that was probably one of the more inspirational moments for me is that is, is his whole story. How about you? Do you have something that inspires you? Is there I mean, something that really stands out? <laughs> when you're younger, it's the two sons moment, right? This idea of what's out there, this idea of where, where to go and the possibilities and all of the hope that that could lead to, you know, this thing that's out there. But as you get older, you start to find a connection in the older characters and the way they look at things and how they approach hope, the idea of hope and hope isn't just like hey let me you know help you believe uh, hope is also let me let me uh put lessons inside you that you will that will co- bear fruit when the moment comes and so for me it always goes back to Dagobah and the swamp it is always that um as much as i i think the selfless uh, sacrifice of kenobi uh when he uh puts his lightsaber down and also uh accepts death at the hands of Anakin uh, or Vader, whatever you want to call him in that moment, uh, to inspire Luke uh, in some way to fight, to keep the fight going. He is giving uh, hope to the resistance, to the rebellion, rather, through his sacrifice to Luke. I think in Dagobah, what Yoda is putting in Luke are the tools that will give him the strength and the confidence and the power to inspire hope in others. If you see someone who is leading you, who is, you know, uh, smart and strong and knows exactly how to use what he's got to help you win, then that inspires you, right? A great leader will always inspire you and give you hope that uh, it's possible, that anything is possible. And so I find that with uh, with Yoda, his lessons that he teaches Luke throughout that whole uh, section of Empire Strikes Back is fantastic and inspires uh, hope in me because those life lessons are always, whenever I go back and watch the movie, 
sadly and and uh, most assuredly i think for a lot of people in the world you kind of have to hear that lesson over again sometimes because you forget it because the world gets so uh, cluttered in your brain listening to those lessons can give you hope again about your life can give you a uh, can get, help you to remember how to walk that path again so you can bring hope back into your world so i think those are the i think that's something that really stands out for me as a symbol of hope in in, in star wars it's a beautiful sentiment and yoda's i you know when you move beyond the prequel trilogy, Yoda's the just the ultimate. He made so many yeah. mistakes in the prequels and led the Jedi down, unfortunately, along uh, you know the wrong path. And it's weird at his age that 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 happened. But by the time <laughs> we see him in Empire, and then I think definitely when we see him in the Last Jedi, you know, yeah. I love oh. the lessons that he brings to the table. Yes. yes, that's a symbol of hope, isn't it? That sequence when he sits down with Luke and he says. And I know some people made fun of it, which I drove me insane because it's true. And maybe when you're young, you don't understand. When you get older, you will. Uh, teaching them the failures are just as important as the successes because you're going to fail. You're going to fail every once in a while or a lot before it finally happens for you. And that's part of the journey. Failing is part of the journey to success. It's maybe you could argue the most essential part of it because you learn more from that than you do from success. So yeah, I agree with you. I love that uh, the, those conversations he has with Luke there by the the, the tree. It's fantastic. It's it's brilliant. And I thought it was gutsy to put it in the movie uh, for Ryan Johnson. You know, just if he hadn't put in those mama jokes, that'd have been okay. <laughs> gutsy alone just to bring back the puppet. I mean, it could have looked true, really bad. <laughs> true, true, an ancient puppet. Um, well, before we wrap up this episode, and it seems, seems time is flying by so quickly uh, as we, we come to the end of this episode, we should talk about something. We, we talked about it in the pre-production meeting, this idea of looping it back to what's happening this week, there was news that broke that Kathleen Kennedy uh, uh, had an a interview with The Wrap and spoke about how uh, Lucasfilm and her they are, and Disney are taking a step back uh, to really absorb what George Lucas created. Uh, and I know that was a little bit uh, surprising to see her delivering this on the heels of DC Fandome, like kind of owning the weekend. There didn't need to be any other news kind of roaming around, but for her to give this interview at this time, it's almost like by saying these things that she said, in some way, she's inspired hope for people who maybe weren't happy with how things were going. And so her saying that she's going to take a step back, Lucasfilm is going to take a step back. Maybe that inspires hope in people that we will get uh, Star Wars that feels more more like Mandalorian and less like maybe Rise of Skywalker. Uh, so in some indirect way, she's inspiring hope amongst the fandom. What do you think about that? Oh, I want to believe that, but it just sounds so <laughs> corporate -y to me, you know? And I, I okay. think that, I think my issue is that I, I kind of question, you know, Bob Iger said something really similar when Solo came out and mm. didn't do as well at the box office. And so if they were taking a step back then and we got the rise of Skywalker out of that, yeah. I'm a little bit uh, worried about, you know, what taking a step back means. Mm. So I'm, I'm a little bit, I don't know. I'm sort of, I kind of question what, what's really going on behind the scenes when it comes yeah. to um, that kind of talk. But I am, um, you know, obviously they're in a good place with Mandalorian. They've got yep. a good thing going with Jon Favreau when season two, the fact that season three is already being talked about. 
um, you know, something has been successful in that and it seems to be universally loved, which is fantastic. I mean, yeah. I remember sitting at home like over Christmas and even over Thanksgiving, like watching The Mandalorian with my family, my family who are not Star Wars fans. Like they right. are not, I mean, like most of them haven't seen all of the movies. Some of them haven't seen any of them. And we all got to sit down and like really enjoy this thing that they could all get enjoyment out of, you know, yeah. whether or not they had all the background knowledge that I have or not. Um, so they're, they're doing something right. And I, so I have to kind of think that, you know, that we're lucky to have some creatives that are working on Star Wars right now that are taking that message to heart. Yeah. Um, and they're telling great stories in, you know, they, you can dress up these stories however you want with X-Wings and space battles and sword fights and romance. But, you know, as long as they're always bringing it back around to the message of Star Wars, which I think one of the core messages is, is hope. Yeah. You know, what we've talked about today, then I think that, you know, hopefully the future is bright. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said you were uh, with Filoni. What did you want to mention uh, from Dave Filoni on the Disney, uh, on the Disney gallery series that he, that he spoke about? Yeah. I mean, Disney, if you, anybody watched the Disney gallery series, you know, that Dave Filoni went on, like, I think it ended up being like a 15 minute monologue yeah, it about, <laughs> it was so good. It, I could just watch it over and over again. Yes. But one of the things that really struck me, um, and I, I went back and rewatched that again after I um, heard about, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's interview with The Wrap. And yeah. Dave Filoni talks about how hope was so important to George Lucas. And, you know, he talks about the conversations that they would have while working on The Clone Wars. And, and Lucas told him, remember to make these stories hopeful. Remember to give that to kids because they really need it. And I, yeah. I hope that there are other creatives besides Dave Filoni that are getting that message and taking it to heart. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, he, I know Lucas has that uh, a great quote. He says like, you know, if you can figure out the mind of an 11 year old girl, you can be successful in Hollywood and what they aspire to have. But I think it's, it's, it's that idea um, of 11, anybody who's 11 years old has this idea of what they hope to have in their future. Right. But we, all of us, uh, especially the, the, the last few generations, I think of human beings on this earth, um, have never let go of that inner child, this idea of wanting hope, the belief that more is possible, that we can be better as a species. We can be better as a people. We can be better as a world that is always prevalent throughout. So although these, uh, messages of hope, are delivered towards children in Star Wars to, to appeal to the young kids in Star Wars because they believe in the most hope. Those of us who are younger and have been through the wars of life, coming back to remember those messages or relive those messages of hope are important as well, I would think. 100%. I agree with you 100%. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we've uh, we've talked to, about hope for quite some time now. Let's uh, let's kind of put a pin on this one here, uh, Laura. Um, uh, any last words you want to leave uh, people with? No, I think this is uh, this is a great discussion, and I really enjoyed it. And um, I, you know, I think that this is I I love that this show we can kind of come at Star Wars from different points of view and from mm. different areas of love. And really, you know, still be able to have a civilized conversation about <laughs> it. Like, I think that gives me hope for, you know, for everybody else out there that's arguing out there in the fandom. And there are a lot of them. Um, the fact that we can successfully do this. So fingers yeah. crossed that we can keep it going. I'll oh, leave it to absolutely. you. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it uh, with you too, Laura. And I, to me, this, this is what I enjoy about, um, 
the the discussion of uh, these kinds of uh, geek nerd uh, properties, whatever you want to call them, just this franchise itself, Star Wars, is the conversations uh, around the concepts and the theories and the ideas and the things that are posed uh, by them throughout uh, all their uh, different media. It's important to just have the conversation about it. You know, there is the need to be vitriolic about it. It's always escaped me because I, I you know, this is these are these are uh, uh, things of entertainment that were brought about to give people hope and inspire people and leave people with positive message messages about how to live in the world and how to communicate with each other. So I feel like uh, getting into the toxicity of it all or wading in and becoming toxic yourself is against the Star Wars message and against what George Lucas intended and anybody who's done really well with Star Wars uh, intends with the work they do within the franchise. So yeah, I, I love it too. I'm having a great time uh, as well. Um, I, I think we want to sign off, right? We, we kind of have our own idea of how we want to sign off with this and we will in just a second, but uh, please, Laura, tell them uh, where they can find you, what you've got going on and, uh, and more of your Star Wars goodness. Absolutely. So I am at shut up underscore Laura on Twitter and Instagram. You can see my handle just below right there. And I host uh, co-host the podcast Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour with my friend Alice, where we drink wine and talk about Star Wars. And it's a grand old time. So definitely check that out, too. That is at Force Toast Pod on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. And you know, this is on the outlaw nation channel. So please subscribe down below there. Uh, give it some love. I think Laura and I are going to work on down the road, like some more, maybe smaller uh, star Wars conversations. We can have about things that are occurring in the world uh, that are accompanying uh, the larger show that we do every, uh, every couple of weeks here on the outlaw nation channel. So tune in for more of that down the road. So give us a subscribe down below. Also give this video a like, uh, if you're so inclined and leave a comment, the more likes, the more comments you leave, it kind of raises the visibility of the show and the channel in the algorithm of YouTube and puts it there on the side for maybe a Star Wars fan who is looking for a show that's pretty chill and has a, a, a bunch of fun conversations in them to give a chance to the Jedi way and come aboard our train as well or come aboard our ship whatever you want to say uh, there. So um, please do that and share the video as well on your social media. I think it's really important to do that as well, because when you share it, you're telling your friends and family who follow you and who respect your opinion that this is a good show and that they should give it a shot. And maybe they'll come aboard and be a part of the Jedi way crew as well. So, all right. Uh, what shall we leave them with Laura? Well, I think we'll leave them with a thank you for joining us for the second episode of the Jedi way. And until next time, remember, your focus determines your reality. Absolutely. <laughs>